Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. So glad that you've decided to join us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Steven. So how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you very much for asking. Okay. So listeners, this is going to be kind of an exciting uh, program. We, we've not gone here much in the program talking to single women. Okay. You know, but that's yeah. kind of where we're aiming this, this program is, um, you know, how does a, how does a woman who's single, who is looking for a spouse, looking for a husband, mm-hmm. um, how does she really kind of learn that potential spouse or learn you know, I would maybe you can explain it better in terms yeah, of what no, we're no. trying what to. Are, what, yeah, we're trying to answer. What are great questions to ask? Um, what would we like g- to give daughters permission to ask, or women permission to ask of men? Uh, how could we help our daughters ask good questions? Uh, if a dad was going to teach his daughter and introduce her to some ideas, right? Because these are male-driven, but given to a female to ask a male sort of... Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, I think of it when the best questions that can... Like, think when we talk about accountability relationships, right? When you're... If you're wanting somebody to hold you accountable, um, who can create the best questions to hold you accountable? Mm, You, right? But you yes. would give those questions to somebody else to say, hey, this is a good thing to ask me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of what you're saying. These are generated by men, but in hopes that we would give them to women to help them know how could you better yes, you know, better understand a, a potential man. spouse. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And, and recognize, too, I want to say this, too. They're going to be kind of shotgunning a lot of different questions here. Take Take what you want, leave what you don't. Right. This is uh, this is not a template for how to go about this. In other words, I don't think it would be a good idea for you to uh, get a really bright light, stick your potential you know husband under that light, and then interrogate him, <laughs> you know, like he's a criminal for an hour. So what we hope is happening right now is that men are coaching young women to ask hard questions of the young men they're with. Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, and also the, these questions are going to have a bit of a sexual bent because we're the guys that are training on sexual stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, not all of them, but some of them will have that sort of bent. So my first comment I would make is why don't you ask him to make all the plans for the first month? Just make all the plans. Do whatever he wants. That You'll go along and do whatever he wants. Um, because remember, we're trying to draw him out. The thing about men is they draw the women out and then they let the women believe that's how they are. And the women believe that. And then later they find out, no, they're not like that at all. But if you say, you know what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to plan all our meals, all our dates, all our outings for the next month. And then I'll take a month. But the point is, is he going to take you to motorcycle races? You know, where's he going to take? Is you? it going to be pizza and beer every? Yeah, every, the every football time game out. every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What? What is his plan? You want to see him? Then ask him to be in his element and show himself to you. Here's the other thing too: is is he going to try to create? Ten, you know, 
an unsustainable outing. In other words, like, is he bringing you diamond earrings <laughs> and a you know three dozen roses, and you're right. you're going to eat at the five star restaurant that you know he can't afford, and you you know what I mean? So there's other things to look at too. Is there a is there a sense of balance and maturity? Is there a sense of has he has he been listening to you and and little tiny things where you recognize you know he was paying attention to that conversation yep. because he made this a topic of conversation or he took me to a restaurant that I only mentioned once but I said that I liked it you know you can just kind of start to notice that's right how is he interacting with you so I would say take notes mm-hmm. because three months from now you're going to forget a lot of stuff in six months. But if you but if you have a little notebook where you're writing things down, what was said and what was done and how was this handled, you're looking for patterns is what you're looking for. And patterns that make you feel comfortable and restful and peaceful and safe and all that. So you're going to take notes and you're going to realize what you're trying to do is peek into his thinking so that you get a sense of how he thinks. Because men are really good at listening to women and drawing them out and then acting like, yeah, I think like that too. Until I tell you, I don't think like that, which mm-hmm. comes later. So it's better for you to you listen to their language, follow them, and take notes. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Any, does that make sense? Yeah, it's good. I think it's... Um... Yeah, it's it's good to could, to do that. I think we need to because you, what you're trying to do is this is sort of a learning journey, right? Because yes. I think it's so easy, you know. Maybe as a little sidebar to this, I think it's so easy, especially when you're, you know, you're pursuing a, a, a new relationship. You're getting into a relationship. Man, the the emotions, the hormones, the just the feelings of desire get so far out ahead of everything else that you kind of just get into this dysfunctional, just tell each other what you think they want to hear so that we can feel good all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying is this little exercise of saying, okay, you make the plans. It gets into more of the gears and the mechanisms of like, how is he thinking? How does he plan? How does he manage? That's right. That's good. So number two does he do a lot of romance talk and wonderful you and so special you and love you? And is there a lot of schmoozy language? Or are you asking questions about him and is he asking questions about you? And are you just having good, deep exploration dialogue? Because there are guys that will make you feel wonderful and their job is to make you feel wonderful. And they have to create a state where you feel so wonderful and it's funny because cause you don't, this is a line I read once, you don't fall in love with them, you fall in love with how they make you feel. Oh, that's good. And it's like, oh, he lets me talk, and he's so interested. And I just, I fell in love mm. with how he made me feel, but we don't know who he is yet, right? And the danger of that is... How you feel can change. It will change later, <laughs> right? He won't be propping and prepping and doing all the feel good for you. Later, it will figure out who he is and what he wants. Mm, but good. women sometimes seduce themselves into, oh, he makes me feel so wonderful, and he's going to make me feel wonderful for the rest of my life, and I'm, I love that he makes me feel good about me. Okay, that's nice, but that's not his half. That's just your half. And you're going to marry a whole, you're not going to be half. 
right? Mm -hmm. So, number three, you know, at some point in your relationship, there's a question that I that I think women should ask guys, and and it will make them squirm. It will make them squirm. But I think it's really good uh, because how they answer this question is going to be insightful about themselves. Hugely about, insightful, yeah. About honesty, about uh, about secrets. And the question is, when were you first introduced to porn? So can you imagine going on a date? And, you know, it's not the first date, ladies. Yeah, don't, don't make it the first date. I'd, <laughs> but, in fact, I would say a lot of these questions are not your first date yeah, questions. Yeah, you know? but this is a... This is an honest question that that a man that we ask at our retreats all the time. Hey, when were you first introduced? And a guy will always answer the question, and he knows. And almost ninety nine point nine know exactly. One one uh, one tenth of one percent will go. I, I can't remember. You know. Okay, fine. He'll tell you. You haven't thought about it. Think about it because you you know it happened somewhere along the line. Mm -hmm. And so. And so if he says, well, that's a dumb question, or why do you want to know? Okay, that's great information. That's defensiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Versus, wow, wow, that's a tough question. But like when I was 12, my cousin came over, and yeah, that was the introduction. And then just leave it alone. Whatever he says, he says. But yeah. how healthy are you about your sexuality? Can you talk about that that doorway question? And I think I think it's important the way – this question is even worded there it's a it's assumptive um mm. uh in other words it's not framed as a yes or no question mm. like hey have you ever looked at porn that's a yes or no question and i think i think generally speaking um to get to know someone you want to try to avoid a lot of yes or no questions you right. know but I think the reason that it's important that this be an assumptive question we know in today's day and age that no one makes it to like the age of 18 without seeing pornography of some kind. This doesn't mean that everybody that makes it to adulthood is a porn addict. So we're not saying that every single man out there that you could potentially date <laughs> is going to be a porn addict, but he's seen porn. Right. And so the idea of asking him, you know, when did you first see pornography? I think is important because you can get a lot of of a lot of feedback just in terms of how he answers that body language, you know, just those types of things to get a feel for, is this a topic that he will be willing to talk about? Because the fact is we know that anybody right. under the age of 30, they've all seen pornography, you know? So that's true. Yeah. That's a sad statement, but that's true. And again, it doesn't mean that everybody has been, you know, irreparably broken by it or right. that they're addicted to it, but it is just, it's ubiquitous in our culture. Porn is part of the culture. So, you know, it's interesting because, because you, you were assuming most of our listeners are Christians and kind of come from a Christian mindset and mm -hmm. are looking for people that are compatible with faith and, and that you can have these dialogues because, because if you have no faith background, this is an odd question. It might be an invitation. Let's all go porning together because when did you? Right, I mean, yeah. And so I hope you understand. We're sort of trying to help that classic Christian girl who's trying to help that typical Christian guy and have some honest dialogue about how do we help each other. So I'm going to ask two other sexual questions since we sort of broke this topic open. You know, 
when were you first introduced to porn is number one. Number two is how do you manage your sexual struggle? We don't say, oh, do you have a struggle? Oh, no, no, I don't have a struggle. <laughs> it's like, are you male or not? What? Do you yeah. live in this sick culture? What? You got boy parts? You got testosterone? What are you talking about? So we ask it this way. How do you manage your sexual struggle? Mm-hmm. We just assume it's a struggle, right? I'm going to ask the other one, then you and I comment. Number three, in, in what are you doing to train yourself and practice self-control? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I meet with a couple of guys. I've read a book. My pastor trained me. I took, right? I mean, we're sexual beings. What are we mm-hmm. going to do to manage our sexuality because we're trying to get it to submit to Christ? Yeah. So. And I think it's an important question because it, what it does, it does several things. These questions, especially, you know, around the issue of sexual struggles, I think it does several things. One, it it shows you his level of self-awareness regarding the struggle that he's in. Like if, if he sort of gives a deer in the head, like sort of kind of the lost boy look or like, I never thought about that before. You know, that's a guy who does not have much self-awareness. He probably doesn't have much self-control either because he's not Mm. paying attention to what's going on. But I think the other thing it does is it also shows you the, maybe the types of relationships that he's engaging for that kind of help. Like if he's saying he's meeting with a couple of guys or he's saying that he is, um, you know, he's got a friend or he's maybe, maybe he's saying, you know what, that's something that my dad and I talk about all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. you're seeing the dynamics of other parts of his life around him, like the, the relationships around him. And that can speak a lot to the character of the guy um, it can speak a lot to his willingness to be vulnerable and authentic and real. So it's, I think it's a good question to take a, a really a, a more personal and difficult topic mm. to be able to say, well, if I were to plug in a different difficult personal topic, how would he handle it? You know, it starts to give you kind of a feel for when we get down oh. to a certain level of vulnerability yes. and, and exposure of brokenness, how does this man live his life? How does he deal with those things? And we can talk in deep places, right? Because it's not always going to be pornography. Man, maybe there's another struggle there. Yeah, it could be a financial or debt yeah. indebtedness struggle. Because if you're going to marry this man, right? What's how's he going to deal with difficulties yeah. in life and, and personal struggles? So I just wrote a bunch of thoughts. You, you package it in whatever format you like and flow. But what is the rule for watching television and movies? Which ones do you watch and which ones don't you watch? You mm-hmm. So uh, how would you answer that question? What's your rule for watching movies? So uh, generally speaking, there is a, there is a um, how shall I put this? There's a type of a line that's drawn uh, around R-rated movies. I don't have a hard line there. But one of the things that I do is I say, I'm, nowadays we have all kinds of resources for being able to kind of check out movies before they ever come out. Mm-hmm. I go to IMDb. You can see what kind of content is going to be mm. part of that. And it's interesting. I mean, certainly if there's any kind of sexual content, I'm like, nope, it's gone. But you know what I look at even more than that? I mean, that's like a, a big block for me. Yeah. What's the language? Huh. If I see that, you know, maybe it's an action movie. And I mean, I don't want to see an action movie. But I see that there's 113 F-bombs in there. I don't need to. I don't need to. Watch. There yeah. might not be any sexual content whatsoever. But I'm like... I want that to come into my ears and just yeah. over and over and over again. So those are just some things. That's I, good. I try to check out yeah. movies before I actually, in other words, kind of um, 
investigate them before I actually decide to watch them. Yeah, that's good. And I would say the same for myself. And I also have another rule about death TV. Mm, yeah. Everything is death and glory and chopping the head off and body parts and gore. I don't watch death TV too much. I don't mm-hmm. find it encouraging or nurturing or building. So, you know, who somebody was killed and how they were killed and they were carried in the back of a car. He's just like, I, I don't want to watch a lot of death TV. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so then now let's go to emotional stuff because how does he handle stress? Just watch him. When life doesn't go the way he wants, when he's irritated, when he got told no, if the store was closed that he wanted to go to or something was canceled, there's no money. How does he handle stress when he's under stress? Is he kind? Is he insightful? Does he breathe and walk? Or does he thrash, right? And so I think some of these some of these questions, when it gets to the emotional side of things, would it be fair to say some of these are for you to be thinking in terms of observing mm-hmm. about those things? But could it also be that some of these you could even form specific questions yes. that you wouldn't ask him? So in other words, it's like you kind of have your internal mechanism of, I want to, I want to see how he handles stress or how does he deal with anger or how does he deal with fear? But at the same time, you could form your own questions to say, Hey, tell me what you, you know, what's it like for you when you feel stressed out? Yes. And if you're talking, that's fine. But if you're going to hang around, watch when the traffic's bad. Right. Right. When he's told, no, there isn't enough money. What happens if he has to work when he doesn't want to work? What happens? You know, or you go out to eat and they say, sorry, the restaurant's full. It's going to be a f- an hour wait. Yeah, that's you know? perfect. That's stress right there. Yeah. And how does he handle himself, right? So you can pay attention to that. And then when, when there are differences bet- between the two of you, right? The tendency, well, no, no, I want to please you. Well, that just means we'll fight later. <laughs> because if we have differences, we have to negotiate them now and say, okay, we'll do what you want tonight. And tomorrow night we'll do what I want. Oh, that's negotiation. Mm-hmm. But but when there are differences, does he just appease? Does he just shut up? You know, does he shut down because he doesn't like differences? Or is he willing to work through and talk through the fact that, hey, we're different people. We came from different backgrounds. And how good is your skill set to work through differences? Because mm-hmm. we're going to have them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so in my mind, another question is about making changes because I think that small changes are easy, you know, okay. They don't have any ketchup. Okay. Get some mustard. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but I love ketchup, but okay. Man, there, I'll eat some mustard. Okay. I can survive that. But when you ask me to slow down when I want to go fast and you ask me to clean up when I don't want to clean up. Right when when you say I have to deny myself and we have to wait two weeks because we got to save the money, I, I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard change. That's a big change when 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 change is presented and a, a change of discipline for growth sake for greater reward. How's that handled? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I think it's some of these things. Obviously, you can you can try to observe. Some of these might be more difficult. So maybe that could be something of like asking about this person's history. Like, hey, have you ever had something like really massive that challenged you in a way that you realized if I'm going to move forward, I have to change some things about my life? And and you know, how did you react to that? Yeah, you know, 
And that some of that will be built on previous knowledge that you're gaining about this person's willingness to share and be honest and all that. Because again, if he's if you're still in kind of the phase where it's, hey, we're just out to impress each other, you might get an impressive answer to that question that's not actually true. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. So is he emotional? Is he emotionally healthy? Now sometimes people get anger confused with intense and intensity and passion. Right. Oh, he feels so strongly. He's angry about it. Oh, look how he cares so much for this injustice. He got angry. But some of that's just sloppy behavior, you know? Yeah. And so so watch the anger. And and I mean if if some if somebody big is picking on somebody little and he gets angry, that's great. But if he got told no and he gets angry, that's sort of a different thing. Yeah. You know? It's kind of that difference between is there an immature expression of emotion or is there a maturing expression of emotion? Yeah. And keep you know, keep all of this in context. I mean, listen, if we're talking about, you know, maybe you're both in college and man, you're still in that transition phase of life, you're the brains aren't fully developed and you know, that kind of stuff. Keep all of that in context too. So we're I don't we don't want to set this broadcast up to where all of a sudden you realize that there's a picture being painted of the perfect man. You know, and unless he answers all these questions oh. in this very particular way, he's just not good enough for me or he's not be careful of falling into that trap too because mm. then you're going to create such an idealistic person that they don't actually exist. And so we don't want you to fall into that trap. That's We're good. trying to give you just some 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 insights to be able to think of how do I get to know this person better so that I can make better judgments about where this relationship is going. Right. So when I ask is he um, is he emotional is he emotional or emotionally insightful, emotionally aware, we're going to look for anger. And we're going to try to discern, is it healthy anger for injustice or just angry because he didn't get his way? But the second part about emotions that's real important is the grieving process. Mm. Can he grieve? Can he be sad? Can he have an emotional moment where life is hard and he just grieves with you? Your parent got sick or there was a wreck or, or something happened to someone you love. Can he grieve with you? Because grieving is an incredibly helpful emotion and needed, and and it's like downplayed all the time. Don't cry. Just get up. Go on. Oh, no. We need to cry when it's time to cry and grieve when it's time to grieve. And that's what I was going to say, too, is not only in terms of how you're seeing him react to situations, but but how is he reacting to you emotionally? Is there is there a ref, kind of a reflective spirit in him? So, you know, we're told in the scriptures that we're to— we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and we're to mourn with those yes. who mourn. So if if you're feeling sad, is he only trying to cheer you up because maybe he's uncomfortable with sadness? Right. Or if you're uh, feeling happy and he's having a bad day, is he trying to drag you down? You know, so it's like, does, does he connect emotionally with where you're at? Yep. Not just thinking it's all about how I feel. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned doing a lot of work with guys with sexual struggles and addictions is that um, one of the main missions in life is for you to be a student of yourself. Mm -hmm. 
if you're a student of yourself, you're going to learn your strengths and your weaknesses and and you're going to be able to use your resources and tools to help yourself when you're breaking down and, and to keep yourself up when it's important to keep going and help other people. And so is he a student of himself? Is he insightful about himself? Does he talk about himself like in a growing sort of way? I had lunch with a guy the other day. He talked for 30 minutes straight. He never asked me a question. He talked about sports and fishing from one story to the next. I left. I learned. I felt like I knew nothing about the man yeah. because he was not insightful about himself. He just told stories. And, man, the time was just full of stories and wonders and adventure. But I felt going, well, we didn't make a connection. Yeah. But, man, he talked a lot. And that's, I think, what we hear so many times from, from wives a good ways into their marriage, right? Is that they realized I enjoyed the stories. The stories were exciting. If I'm going to put in that kind of context, there was a sense of thrill and adventure with this guy. Yeah. And, and I kind of, like you said earlier, I felt in love with the way, he, or I fell in love with the way he made me feel. But then you, you know, and so then you get married and at some point there's a, there's a desire for that by that woman for this man to sort of, the man to show up. Right. Like who he is. And I, yes. And so what you see is you see these wives then that they realize, yeah, I've been married for 10 years and we're not actually connected because I don't know the guy. And so that's kind of what this question is about is like, is there a self awareness yes. that this guy is willing to be vulnerable and be saying, I'm, I'm learning about myself and yeah. I want to share that with you. And yes. I would, I'd like to, there's a sharing component to that's his right. life. I'm on a journey called life. And so are you. Mm-hmm. And you know what life's teaching me and God is showing me and what what's changing in me? That's that self-awareness thing. So how well does he listen? And is he listening to learn you? Right? Because if we know each other, we form our bond. And I think that's a huge question. There's a huge difference between a man listening to learn you and a man listening to work you. Oh, that's good. That's exactly right. And you don't want a man who's listening only to work you. Like he's listening to just try to manipulate, and ultimately he's still thinking about what can I get out of you. Right. You're wanting somebody that's listening and saying, he's really interested in who you are and how you tick and what makes you work. So I have two more. Uh, We're always looking for a pattern. Looking for pattern. Is he restful? Is he peaceful? Is he insightful? Is he growing? What is the pattern I see here? Does he get stuck? Does he break down? Does he end in anger? You know, does he rise again after he falls? Look for the patterns. And then finally, what does he really value? What matters to him? Look around at how does he spend his money and his time? And does he read on different topics or watch things? What what does he really value? Mm-hmm. So I know that we set this episode up for single women as you're thinking about pursuing a mate, but I actually think this can also fit into a marriage Mm. with a wife who says, you know what? I want to get unstuck in our relationship. I want to learn my husband more. Hopefully this is maybe even spurred some thinking in your mind of some things maybe that you can press in and draw out Mm. 
mm. from your husband to try to learn him more, to try to engage him more and and, uh, and deepen the relationship. That's good. So that's good. If you've got, uh, maybe you've got some other insights on this that you want to share with us. I mean, obviously this isn't an exhaustive list of questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us at puresexradio.com or hit us up on Twitter at puresexradio. And as always, we're grateful that you're with us as listeners, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.